Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. I talk to a number of people starting out in landscape design careers during any given year. Those that are interviewing for a design position with our company, in some cases, and in discussions through the landscape design trade organizations with folks that are rethinking their careers overall and orienting themselves now to a job in landscape design. There are, of course, quite a variety of ways to focus on the work to be considered, whether it's commercial versus residential landscape design, or it's urban planning, or municipal and park and recreation work, or interiorscapes, or resort design, to name a few. For my part, I've mentioned this before, but I came from the nursery industry originally, and as such, this gave me a unique perspective toward the work overall. Like lots of folks, I oriented myself first to the plant material. That was the spark that gathered my initial interest and that focused my passion at the outset. I did spend a few years working for commercial firms and doing planned unit development, hotel and resort and retail design planning. I found the work to be somewhat cold and sterile. I felt that I had come quite far from working in a greenhouse, too, where I had originally become first interested in the potential of the career, and I longed to make the change back into the greener aspects of the work. I took a bit of a detour in the late 80s to learn some specialty computer rendering work that was fairly edgy at the time. By 1990, I was doing digital imaging work and learning new applications for presentation rendering, a field that was relatively unheard of at the time. And that led to some interesting work with Sunset Magazine, the Los Angeles Times, the ABC Home Show, and ultimately uh, towards some future employment. But in the end, I gravitated back into the residential design field to the work that inspired my original passion. I think there is some advice that I could have been given that was not available to me in the early days. With the perspective of decades now in the work and the ability to see the arc of my own career more clearly, I wanted to take a few minutes to advise my past self and in so doing, perhaps those that are starting out in their careers and landscape design as well. At the very beginning, one place to start is to decide upon your education. For many of you, this is already a foregone conclusion. I've talked about it before and on another podcast episode, The Perils of Landscape Design Education and Where It's Falling Short, but basically you have three avenues to consider. You could be self-taught, and if so, I think you'll need to find employment with a really good quality design build firm. Find the regional company that's most emblematic of what you want to be doing and start at the lowest rung of the ladder and work your way up. Conversely, you can go to a community college and gain a rudimentary education over, let's say, a two-year period. Or you can, of course, go to a university and take a landscape architectural degree over the course of four to six years or so. Each of these methods will yield a different set of skills and monetary obligations. Each outcome is somewhat different and I think needs to be taken into the context of where you want to end up going. At the outset, you're going to want to orient yourself more completely toward your passion in the work and try to determine what that is. I think one aspect of this portion of the thinking is to really think more pragmatically about your income as well. 
The fact is, many office jobs have a very fixed ability to earn at any kind of high level. It's my own opinion that residential design build at the high end can pay quite well if you're a designer. That is particularly interested in a combination of creativity and earning potential, you could do well to consider this. I've always advocated that you might have a different perspective when you see the context of a larger project that's being done between a designer and a contractor. Let's say a $200,000 project. I've said this before, and it might have a design fee in the range of five dollars to $10,000. If this generates a 10% net profit for a design company, let's say, that might be $500 to $1,000 overall. The contractor, however, that's selected to do that work is looking at a $200,000 contract with a net profit of close to $20,000 in the same case. This puts it in a completely different context when you think at each individual company's ability to compensate an individual. The company that does the latter and also does the former is, I think, the best fit overall. That is, a company that can not only design but build the work potentially offers the best of both worlds. The world of creativity and passion found in design and the pragmatic, monetarily compensating world of installation. This is just my opinion. There are a million other ways to work, from designing golf courses to laying out cemeteries, from conceptualizing municipal parks to planning residential unit developments, office parks, and retail parking facilities. Regardless, the design versus installation dichotomy will hold true. One critical aspect of the work that has to be given significant importance is to automate early. If you're working as a sole proprietor in particular, this is going to be a concern. In any event, every landscape designer needs to be CAD literate now. There are a myriad of drawing platforms, but I think you can distill the work down to AutoCAD LT, Dynascape, or Land Effects, or something of this nature. I think the best platform might be AutoCAD LT, as it informs the other platforms in most instances and can be cross-referred. Again, if you're setting up a sole proprietorship, you're going to want to set up a client relationship manager or CRM. Your office systems from estimating to proposal creation and file management are all going to be critical aspect of what you do. So give some thought to different organizational systems within your office. We talk a little bit about this in another podcast about landscape office system. It's important to be able to compartmentalize your understanding of the work. If you're still a bit light on knowledge about certain aspects of the work, you'll want to focus on what I call the dozen things we do. Listen to the podcast on this topic. I presented it in two parts, and I think it's worth a listen. With regard to compartmentalizing your understanding, you'll want to hone in on perhaps a a half dozen items in each category of what we do in order to set up a foundation of information that you can build upon. You'll also want to build your time in a recurring calendar where you can set predictable appointments and times for meeting clients, estimating and setting site visits and drawing, and setting aside enough time for personal activities. Network in peer groups and professional associations. Subscribe to trade magazines, attend association meetings, listen and share on social media forums. Edit and consolidate these focus areas as you go. Don't get too distracted. Work smart, have the tools. Know the wages and ask for good compensation. Make lists and gather product information. Build a hardcover portfolio. It's not rocket science or neurosurgery. 
If it was only that easy, it's a special passion that grabs at your heart and focuses your attention. It's in the natural world and all around you every day. And given the years to inform your thinking and set the duende in your heart, a career in landscape design will bring you a lifetime of magic as you explore vast worlds of flora and nuances of the human spirit. Thanks for listening.